You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Bang, bang, and welcome to the Oz Network uh, for another episode of Lost. Uh, a doozy. It's going to be good. It is good. It's always been good. We are talking about Two for the Road, um, which aired on the 3rd of May 2006. Um, and is written by Liz Sarnoff and Christina M. Kim, directed by Paul Edwards. Man, this is an exciting episode uh, from start to finish, so I'm excited to get into it. Uh, my name is Noah, and uh, if you've come to apologise for hitting me with your crutch, I forgive you. And my name is Ben, and maybe if I get drunk enough, I'll remember where I know you from. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some great stuff in this episode. Two for the road. Pretty well-regarded episode. For one kind of moment, but also I think all around people think of it as a good episode, and I would put it up there. Um, I think it's great. Uh, Anna Lucia episode, uh, follow-up to last week's. I'd say this is a much stronger one, uh, both on Island and Flashback. I really do think Michelle Rodriguez gives a great performance this week. She goes out with a bang. Literally. Sorry. Um, And Michael Emerson as well was great. But he's always great, so we don't need to say that. But I thought Michelle Rodriguez was really good. Uh, but this episode's got character development, uh, nice character moments. It's got funny moments. It's got cliffhanger. It's got shocking moments. It's got jungle sex. <laughs> um, it's really good from start to finish. I don't really have any flaws with this episode. Um, I was wondering if it would hold up, and I thought it really did. Uh, so I've been waiting for this one. Uh, yeah, Two for the Road is a pretty wild ride for Lost. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised here looking on the IMDb user ratings, it's not higher. I mean, it's probably like top 40 if I'm doing here, top 30 at least, but uh, I thought it maybe would be higher. It's sandwiched between The Candidate and The Other 48 Days. Um, oh, well, they're both great episodes, so it's tough competition. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I'm just bandwagon Ben again. I agree with everything you say. I mean, you know, I'm c- kind of glad that this will be it for Anna Lucia, so that's nice. Um, but, um, yeah. It's it, the, the ending, as I said last week. Just like I remember watching this live, going like, "Holy fuckaroonies, what the hell just happened?" Um, so, yeah, it's still. I still think it holds up too. This is definitely one of those moments that you know it's going to happen, but you're still like, "Holy fuck!" Oh yeah, I mean, I've seen this episode maybe fifteen times, but I've seen this moment maybe fifty times, and I still get chills. And I watched it three times just now, or just when I watched this on my Netflix. It's so good, like. And there were there've been times in the past where I just watch like Michael shoots Anna Lucia or into YouTube and just watch it because it's just it, everything about it is perfect. I mean, we'll get to the moment, but the directing, the acting, everything. I did that today, um, but like it wasn't uh, with loss. I typed in uh, Dexter dinner scene because I haven't watched that in a while. You know the the Thanksgiving scene with John Lithgow and he's like, "Stop being such a cunt!" And they all like start stabbing each other and shit. I love oh, that yeah. scene. Dexter would be a good one to cover, but we'd have to stop at season four. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, season five. I think season five's underrated. Season five was all right. Yeah. No, it was all right. But it'd be fun no, doing the last few seasons because we could just bag the shit out of it. Like, oh. oh, he's Lumberjack Dexter. Here he comes. Well, you'd think that, but Fire Plus Water was the complete opposite of fun for me. Um, <laughs> you think that now, but when you sat there taking notes. Oh, I don't know. Um, we did like the, the shittest episode of Nip Tuck recently, and that was kind of fun to just absolutely rip shit into for like an hour. Yeah, we're getting to Stranger in the Strange Land. How did Jack get the tattoos? Um, now, I've got a question for you, Ben. I might have an answer um, for you, Noah. 
this episode is called Two for the Road. Yes. Uh, why do you think? Because two people get killed at the end. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. And do you also get the other one? Um, because there's <laughs> two people in Australia and they're in a car and it's on the road. Yeah. Annalisa and uh, Christian, the two for the road. Um, they're on their little kind of outlaw mission. And of course, so it's a double meaning, two for the road. It's talking about Annalisa and Libby. It's talking about Annalisa and Christian. But did you know there could be a possible third uh, meaning for the title of two for the road? Um, now, th- I knew this was something we needed to cover uh, in this episode, uh, I thought I'd do it when we got to that scene, but I think we can just talk about it at the get-go and get it done with. But, I mean, if you're listening to this, you know that that famous moment at the end, Michael shoots Anna Lucia, then Libby comes in. Michael shoots uh, Libby, two for the road. It's crazy. Uh, do you know kind of the behind-the-scenes kind of crazy conspiracy theory about the death of Anna Lucia and Libby. Well, wasn't Michelle... Are we talking about actors, the reason why, or are we talking other yeah. things here? Well, isn't... Because didn't Michelle Rodriguez get, like, done for drunk driving or something when she was in Hawaii or something like that, so they wrote her out because she was, um... Yeah, like that. And, I yeah, I think... Didn't the actress who played Libby do something as well? Sleep, yeah. sleep with someone um, or something? <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, yeah, you're right, uh... Michelle Rodriguez got a DUI during um, the filming of season two. Uh, but also on that same night, uh, Cynthia Watros received a DUI uh, in Hawaii. Both of them received uh, DUIs. Uh, and then now think of... So the theory was, well, they killed Anna Lucia and Libby off. They both got DUIs, broke the law while filming the show. Now, uh, think of the title of this episode. Two for the Road. Oh, okay. Yeah, so some people will swear by their children that this is it. This is why they were both killed off. Because it is a bit strange. Like, they literally introduce these characters this season, and then before the season's even up, they're dead. Especially Libby, because they just introduced the whole mental hospital thing. And then they're both just killed off in one fell swoop. Uh, so some people absolutely swear by it, and I'll go a bit more into it, but I, I'm a bit more iffy on it. But even if it's not true, I still think that's so weird, too, for the road. Like, it just falls together so well. I mean, you can understand why it possibly be a thing, but then did Michelle Rodriguez and Cynthia, what, like, did they speak out about this? Because this would be something, surely, that they would speak out about afterwards. It's not like actors haven't been well, fired from shows and then gone out and gone off at the show for it. I mean, there's plenty of cases where that's happened. No, but they wouldn't have told them. Like, oh, hi, Cynthia, uh, just telling you you're getting killed off because you drunk drive. They wouldn't have told her that. But um, so, but then this, believe it or not, there's a Lostpedia page for traffic violations. <laughs> um, and they talk about the DUI curse. Uh, they talk about Anna Lucia Levy. That's the famous one. Everyone knows about Two for the Road. Uh, but then, kind of interesting, similarly, Echo was killed off after a AAA received a moving violation. But he um, left on his own accord, though, didn't he? Well, that's the story. We'll get more into that <laughs> in his leaving episode because there's multiple, multiple stories for Echo as well. Uh, and also, Jin received a DUI, Daniel Day Kim. No, not Daniel Day finale. No. Yeah, he was arrested for drunk driving. And remember in season four, they kill off Jin? Um, wow. They're really anti-drink driving on this show, aren't they? 
Yeah, I mean, of course, Jin comes back in season five, but we didn't know that at the time. But I love here Lostpedia. However, it should be pointed out that many characters on the show have been killed off without the actors receiving traffic fines. No, it's a boon. <laughs> Ian Summerholder didn't get pulled over. He's a good boy. Um, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll read out because I've been doing a bit of prior research, and I love finding old articles on the internet. So I found an interview with Damon and uh, Carlton from 2006 when this episode aired. Um, so I'll read out to some of that because they're an explanation of it. Uh, and then you can give me your thoughts about why they were killed. But, uh, so Ozilio asks them, was it always your intention to use Analusia as a one season character? Uh, Damon Lindorf says a lot of this is going to sound like spin. Uh, so all we can give you is our word that this is exactly what happened. Uh, around February last year, we started throwing out uh, lines in the water to find a leader of the tail section. We knew that they were going to be a Latina woman who would be conceived as a romantic foil for Jack. Well, that never really came into play. Uh, we wanted her to be in her mid-30s and be a detective from the LAPD. So we started putting out feelers unofficially because we wanted her to show up in the penultimate episode of last year. That way, when we started our plan for season two, it wouldn't feel like we pulled her out of our asses. Um, Carlton says, I got a call from Michelle's agent saying, would you guys be interested in Michelle Rodriguez? <laughs> uh, but she's really only interested in being in the show for a year. Uh, so we basically said a year is not ideal for us, but let's bring in Michelle for a meeting. She came in. Um, we hung out and chatted. It turned out she had worked on Hawaii in Blue Crush. Um was that the movie that you mentioned? Yeah, in the surf. Yeah, story? it was. It was, but I couldn't remember the male <laughs> All version. coming together, lost, everything's connected. <laughs> uh, but we made it. Cl- but she made it very clear in the meeting that she's sort of a nomadic spirit and did what, not want to commit to any more than one season. Well, she's in every single freaking car movie, so she's not that nomadic. Uh, she wanted to do one kick-ass arc, as she described it, and we basically started to wrap our ends around. And said, "Yeah, we'll bring you in the show and we'll kill you off at the end of the year," and she was totally cool with it. Uh, and then Ozelio says, and then the DUI, dot, dot, dot. Then she got the DUI, and Damon and I looked at each other, and we were like, oh, great. Everyone is think we're going to kill her off because she got a DUI. But there really wasn't anything we could do about it. I mean, the story was set. We had our plan. We've lost, we think, yeah, well ahead before we shoot it. The fact that she got a DUI would come and go, and what would live on the show was our plan, and we st- still the best plan for the character. Ironically, we actually thought about changing it the other way around once the DUI happened, but it was really the best story. We wanted to tell the best story. Um, and obviously the decision was further mitigated by the fact that Libya shot at the same time. Basically, then we said, oh, shit. Both Michelle and Cynthia were busted the same night. So people were talking about this the day it aired, pretty much, for DUI. And we've got this story point coming up where they essentially both get shot at the same time. So it's going to look like this. The lost producers attempt to say, don't drive drunk. But as Carlton says, all it created in us was maybe we shouldn't do the plan now because people are going to think that this is a reaction to the DUIs as opposed to this plan prior existing to the vent. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, do you believe them? I think it sounds pretty... I mean, the thing I think... Are they convincing enough? I think they are because I think kind of... I mean, you got to obviously understand with any TV show that there is planning involved and for the most part, most seasons do sort of plan out a, at least a few storylines that are going to take away and Lost No Doubt is going to be a show which is going to take that you know into consideration a lot they're not just doing it episode by episode so I think it makes they a plan lot plan out at least half the season well I, I, I mean there are some shows that do do the whole season uh, I know Ryan Murphy will always talk about how he will sit down and do a whole season 
you know, in advance. Yeah, but, uh, um, forgive me if I'm wrong, that's more cable stuff, right? That he does. Yeah. I mean, he has done... Yeah, no, you're Simply right. Simply not feasible in network television but, for 24 episodes to have every single point playing. But even if you're working it in halves, I'm sure that, like, if they've got a table setting with the writers and they're coming up with ideas that, like, okay, they've got the first 12 penned out and then they're going to work off that, I'm sure then they're at least going to have a notepad with some dot points oh, yeah. of, like, okay, so this is what's going to happen in the first half. Second half, this can lead into the following ideas. And then, yeah. I mean, it, it does kind of also make sense that, you know, as you alluded to with Michelle Rodriguez in the first place, that she's a pretty big star. So, and this is still at a period of television where it's not, you know, that common for these sort of actors to be on TV. I mean, we obviously know about how, what Michael Keaton was meant to be in the first episode and just killed off. So, um, yeah, I think kind of, it to me, that makes sense. I think that sounds like a solid reasoning. And, you know, coincidence does happen. I mean, this is lost and we're talking about coincidence and fate and kind of all this sort of stuff. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, it sounds fairly logical and I think kind of like it plays into the fact like, yeah, okay, they've just brought these people in, but I mean, that also can come into the shock factor of things that this is a show that's going to kill anybody off at any given time. I mean, it's no different to 24, spoiler alert if you've not seen season one or 24, but does anyone believe that Jack's wife is going to be killed in the final episode? I mean, they filmed two endings for that and they didn't tell the actors which one they were going to air. So like the deleted scene on the DVDs there of Terry surviving, but they obviously aired the one where, spoiler alert, she dies. So it's kind of like, you know, this is sort of getting to that age where anyone can die at any given point. So, yeah, that sounds believable to me. Yeah, I mean, I do believe because she, was, she wasn't she was as big of a star as she is now. And, and, I mean, she's not like a Hollywood A-lister, but she's a known name and she does do movies. So, I mean, that it was the biggest show. So it makes sense that their agents would say, hey, Michelle's interested in doing one season of this show. Get her out there. Um and, you know, I think I buy that Michelle was always meant to be a one-season arc because if you think about this episode and think about Anna Lucia's two flashbacks, her entire arc comes together so well. Like, if you think about it, everything is wrapped up with Anna. Like, all of her flashback story is wrapped up. Like, she calls her mum at the end, we'll get into. And on the island, we have kind of that development and that she can't shoot Henry. Everything that was introduced with Anna is concluded with Anna. So it, it feels like a whole package. I mean, I think you would agree with that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's um, important to kind of, yeah, to kind of do that. I mean, I know obviously you can sort of, you know, the opposite with Libby, but I guess also you could probably have some arguments against Libby as well, that she wasn't as prominent as Anna Lucia at the same time. I know we had that big twist with her, but I mean, they, yeah. Yeah. So I buy it that Michelle, but, and, I just quickly read this out because uh, some people have got on, kept saying, oh, she was killed off because she was annoying on set. Uh, the person in this interview actually, it's amazing how much of these kind of legends could date back to when this episode aired. But the interviewer says, rumor has it she was a hard ass on the set and everyone hated her. I love this interview. They're really just going for the quest. Care to set the record straight? Damon says, we're not in Hawaii, uh, so we can't speak, but uh, to, we can only speak to our working relationship. And what we've heard from other actors. Um, and then I love what he says here. You know, she's Michelle. She's got a very playful spirit. The answer there you're looking for is yes, that is true. Because yeah. he completely sidestepped around that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, look, playful spirit. But she probably was annoying on set. But I don't think that's the reason that they... Uh, 
So like, many actors, renowned actors, would are, be annoying. Uh, Kevin I mean, Spacey. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's legitimately so many actors. These big names who have, you know, whatever. I mean, Christian Bale famously that had that tape leave. It doesn't. Yeah, I mean, people are people. They, they actors are people. At the end of the day, they're just playing characters. It's their job. Um, and you know, some of the most beloved people in Hollywood are, are dicks in real life, and then vice versa. Some of the people you think are the biggest dicks are the nicest people in real life. So. You know, I mean, they're just, it's just every person. Like, people think I'm a dick. Well, it's true. But, like, but you're, like, a nice guy in and out of the show for the most part. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, look, yeah, I don't think that's the reason. She probably was annoying on set, but I don't think that's the reason. But, I look, I buy the story about Michelle. Her story seems wrapped up. On the other hand, I the conspiracy two for the row, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> when it comes down to Libby, that's where I get a bit, eh. Something was going on um, because to introduce that mental asylum thing, what three episodes ago, two episodes, two ago, episodes ago, yeah, and then to kill her off is a bit fishy to me. Uh, like Anna Lucia's story completely wrapped up. There's no loose threads. Completely satisfied. I don't feel like oh man, they never did that. I feel like there was character development, everything here. Libby, she had the bit with Hurley. She had this big twist, and we were going to finally get her flashback, and why was she in the mental asylum? Why is she important? Bang, she's gone. Um, but I actually found a different interview uh, from the same time, the same day, uh, why Lost killed Libby. Because um, this is where it gets a bit fishy to me. Was it because of a DUI? Maybe not. But I don't buy that they were going to kill Libby off from the get-go. Um, but Ozelio, I'm not sure if that's the name of a person or the... I don't know. Why did you kill off Libby? Carlton Cuse. We felt like we had run out of story for her. Now, I believed everything they said about Michelle. I Did they run out of story for Libby? I feel like her, Libby's story was just beginning. Yeah, she's been in, what, 20 um, episodes? Well, not even, she hasn't been in all of the episodes. How many of the 20 was she in? Yeah, I mean, you run out of, yeah, she was in 18. Like, you run out of was Shannon's she? story, but... Yeah, because um, she's in a few after her death. She's in the finale. She plays Dying Libby next week. Oh, I, I thought, uh, like, I, I meant in general to, to this point. I'm like, was she really in 18 of these 20 episodes? I didn't feel like she's been in that many to this point. Um, Yeah, like, I feel like her story has just begun, and not that they're running out of story. Um, Like, Dave was kind of her first real big episode. Should have been a Libby episode. Uh, while we did develop the romance with her and Hurley, we didn't see enough in the way of avenues for where to go with the carrot. Because he was fat. Um, they didn't well, want to have a fat and skinny person in a relationship. Yeah. Like, we didn't see avenues. Um, she was in the mental asylum with Hurley. There's a whole host of different stories you could tell there. And we're starting to think about what stories we're going to be telling for the characters in season three. And we just didn't have enough for Libby that we were excited about. But you had Nikki and Paolo introduced in like episode four or three. That was one side. On the other side, we thought, well, shooting Anna Lucia is going to be dramatic. But what will really make it incredible for the audience is it'll be completely surprising if we shoot Luby too. And it would be enhanced by the fact that Anna Lucia is not a particularly sympathetic character. But if we had Michael shooting Libby also, who is a very sympathetic character, that would really ratchet up the emotional stakes for the rest of the season. Now, that I can buy as to um, why they would do that. That it w- would have been shocking if he shot Anna Lucia, 
But what really makes this mm. scene is it's two for the road. Michael? Yeah. Like, it is shocking, and Lucia. Like, I remember, like, oh, holy shit. But then that is what really makes it one of the most, like, best scenes in TV history. So I can buy that. Um, but uh, I'll just quickly read out because it's kind of interesting. Um, and all of this was obviously first and foremost the idea where Libby's got this mysterious backstory, which was only giving the tip of the iceberg. We know she spent some time in the mental institution with Hurley, and the idea of killing her before she had an opportunity to explain how she got there. We have a master plan for how we're going to tell that story. <laughs> well, do you? Are you lost? <laughs> do you really? But it's all posthumous. Well, you'll start to learn Libby's moves through flashbacks over the course of the next season. Really, Damon? <laughs> Will we really? So we're not done with Cynthia, but Libby is dead. So we'll see Cynthia next season. Uh, Damon says you'll see her in the finale, in fact. And then Ozelia says, but will we see her next season? <laughs> and then Damon says, that's our plan. Well, obviously plans changed, Damon. Um, oh, I didn't know this. Were you pissed off the news that, of her CBS pilot leaked? Uh, it seemed like a repeat of what went on last summer when trade speculated that Maggie Grace might do X-Men 3. I've never heard that one. Oh. And then she was killed off a couple months later. Um, yeah, so they actually helped Cynthia get another pilot because they felt bad for killing her off. Uh, and then um, that must have leaked, but I didn't know at the time, so it didn't bother me. Is there something um, on um, like the Cynthia Wattross's Cynthia loss or whatever the hell that thing is? That we Have you watched it yet? <laughs> No, not yet. Um, I haven't either, but <laughs> like I, maybe that addresses it. Maybe she just ripped shit into it all or something like that. Yeah, well, Carton says Cynthia was really hurt by it. Uh, and it also happened at a time when we really were writing to her. She was stepping up her game. We just put out the script for Dave, which she heavily featured in. Well, then you're just saying that they've got lots of stories for her. So... Look, I get the whole they needed to make it a sympathetic thing and who else could you kill? You're not going to kill Echo. You can't kill, like, Saeed here Doug. and Sun. Like, yeah, so Doug, Ralph. Um, you can't kill Rose Bernard. So I get Libby is the fodder. Like, Shannon's gone. So if they want to kill two people, like, she's kind of the only option left. Um, so I buy that. But I think there's something fishy going on here. They can't introduce this mental asylum thing and then just ditch it like the way they have um, and then kill her off. But I'll talk more of it on her death episode because she doesn't technically die here. But I don't know. In some ways, I just wish they kind of kept her around. But on the other hand, this is just one of the most iconic moments. Michael? And, yeah, there's something going on. I don't believe it's because they both got DUIs. They both got killed. But I think there could be some small truth to it. I don't know. It's it's kind of the, the living big legend of Lost. Like, Survivor has these legends. This is, like, Lost's biggest one. I mean, yeah, I see all kind of angles to it. it I, I definitely think in terms of the shock factor, everything you said, like, it's true. Like, and that kind of what does make the scene so good. Um, you know, I mean, it's good beforehand, but you know what I mean. But, like, yeah... It is a kind of a bit of a random thing to have this twist and then claim, oh, we didn't know what we could do with it. I mean, if she'd been in it from day one, then, yeah, okay, maybe you could understand that. I mean, we, again, just to, through other shows that we're doing here, we can see through certain characters how they're on their way out because they're just not getting anything done with them. And we kind of saw that with Boone, really, didn't we? And, you know, Shannon is kind of, well, what are they doing with them? So, like, it's they're going to leave. But, um, yeah, I mean, she was just getting started. I agree with you. So, it kind of, it, it does feel... Like, there might be something more with it. Um, so, I mean, who knows if 
Damon or that gets interviewed 10 or so years later, uh, he might finally admit to it. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I feel like as the years go on, they do kind of slowly admit to things and stuff like that. So we may eventually hear more about it, but I do think we will never get the full story. I mean, we'll talk more about it when we eulogize her in the next episode, but she's just a fascinating character to begin with because, like, Anna Lucia is Anna Lucia and Echo is, like, was supposed to be the next big character with Jack and Locke and, like, he's all this spiritual stuff. Anna Lucia is the big character, the cop. She's got flashbacks. But Libby was always kind of kind of Cookie. the random one in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we'll talk more about her next week. Uh, let's get into this episode. But we had to cover that. It's a big legend in Lost, and it, it fascinates me. Uh, I've never read those interviews before, so it was kind of cool to s- find them. Um, oh, apparently the man who plays Steve has a traffic violation. I just landed back on traffic violation page. Bad Steve. No wonder you got killed. Or oh, was that Scott? I can't remember. Um, so let's get into the episode. I love that there's a Wikipedia, a Lostpedia for traffic violations. Um, but we'll make our way through this because we've gone on a bit. But into the flashback. It's Anna Lucia, her second one. I like this flashback. I think it's better than her first one. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, so it picks up pretty much directly after Collision the next day. Uh, when she just killed Jason McCormick. She's talking to her mum. She's questioned, what What did you do last night? Oh, I watched TV. What did you watch? Um, and Anna is forced to go with her. Uh, Anna's mum takes her to the body of Jason. Um, and <laughs> this guy made the easiest, like, thousand bucks or whatever he gets for his appearance as dead body Jason, uh, <laughs> making a recurring appearance because um, they got this same actor back, and he's there with all the bullet shot. They found the gun in a dumpster. I don't get why she dumps the gun, but there's no fingerprints. Uh, she says, any idea who did it? Yes, Anna, you did it. And then I love Anna. I guess I should get a lawyer. Um, why well, just, just arrest then... her? Like, I know she's your daughter, but, like, come on! <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean... It's what I hate about this storyline. She just, like, it's so, like, get away with it. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't think they would ever charge her. There's no evidence. She talks about how it's a dead-end investigation. Um, sure, she would be a suspect, but how can you charge someone? Is, yeah, there may is, be a court trial. Is, can we just back up to the fact that the reason why this guy walked in the first place is because he had evidence against him for another crime, but, oh, no, Anna couldn't recognise him, so off your pop, love. So, like, it's kind of not... I don't know. It's just... the, the oh, laws yeah, of she's pol- a suspect, but, I The mean, laws of policing in LA in Lost are not very good. <laughs> she's a suspect, but there's no evidence. Um, and here's the thing. I, I would not doubt for a second that these kind of family things in police force and other professions happen where I'm sure, like, there have been cop families or Hello to other our law enforcement officers listening to yeah, the show. Yeah, or today. lawyers or something. I'm sure <laughs> this happens. Like, people are shady, all right? And when it comes to family and friends and stuff like that, I'm sure pe- people get off things just because they've got family in higher places. Um, Would you do it for a family member if you were a cop? Well, uh, I wouldn't be a cop. Um, <laughs> and if one of my family was a cop. And if one of my family murdered someone, I'd be locking their asses up. Snug um, PD. <laughs> uh, so, Teresa wants to help her if she did it. Um, but Anna quits being a police officer. Uh, and next we see her working at security at the airport. 
Uh, she's off to the bar, and who's there? It's movie Boone! John Terry. Oh, right. Uh, James Bond's John Terry. Christian Shepard. Bit of a shock. John Terry. <laughs> uh, you're not expecting this for an Anna Lucia flashback, but very much welcomed. Um, John Terry's great. Yes, uh, I agree. Uh, I just, I just love this whole. First of all, uh, you are similar to me. You've flown a lot. This is post nine eleven um, America. That security's still too uh, relaxed. Um, but yeah, I just kind of like the fact that you know. I know I'm kind of jumping ahead here to see what you're but it's just like going to Australia. Want to come? She's <laughs> just like, all right. <laughs> like, wouldn't you love to be just in a position where somebody offers you that and you don't have to go home and pack and organize your life or anything like that? It's just, does she have a passport on her? Uh, <laughs> like, it's kind of all these questions yeah. I'm thinking of here. Like, she just happens to have a passport in a just in case a guy wants, you know, to come along. And, like, do you think these two, like, you know, had a bit of a. No. Oh, come on. She's got to at least think it, like, as in, like, she doesn't maybe want to, but she's got to, like, imply, like, oh, is this old rich guy wanting me to come to Australia is, like, you know, uh, I mean, as a cop, she, her instincts are pretty relaxed here. I mean, she's kind of, I don't know if she's suicidal, but she just murdered a guy. Um, uh, yeah, but he's a nice silver fox, I feel. Um, <laughs> if, John, if you met John yeah. Terry in a bar in an airport and he offered to fly you to Sydney, would you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Um, but he's at the bar and, uh, I love, he says, good to see you again. You're like, what? Like, Anna is Jack's sister or they wouldn't do that. Related? No, never. Um, and I love it. You wanted me in security. Uh, <laughs> so how does one get into wanding? <laughs> like, Christian Shepard, he's a suave bastard. I feel like he's smooth. Um, good question though. One stops being a cop. Well, that's the answer. <laughs> one stops being a cop. Uh, and then they talk about how parents and kids shouldn't work together. He's heading to Sydney. Want to come? Um, and what does he talk about? He's talking about fate. Um, same reason fate does anything, so we can help each other out. Um, Christian is doing something dangerous. I mean, Christian's a wimp. What he does, what we see it's him doing in Australia is not dangerous at all. Uh, what a wimp. He just wants to bang her. Exactly. Um, like, it's, this is the thing, though. You're right. Like, like, oh, I need security. Oh, because Claire's mum might be evil. Like, <laughs> like, I don't think he does want to bang her, but I don't think he's bringing her here as actual he's security. Lonely. Yeah. I mean, we see that was at later at the end, and then with Sawyer and stuff like that. Uh, he just has nothing left, so he's taking any kind of company he can get. It's quite sad. Um, and I love the way this flashback plays in with everything else, with Jack's flashback and with Sawyer's flashback. It just works together so well. I love that we, Kristen Shepard's dead, but we get to see <laughs> his story pretty much through other people's eyes. But not Libby's. Like, yeah. No. Yeah, it's a bit like, yeah, like oh, he's running into every single person who's on this plane, but I, I, I'm fine with it. Um, so they're giving each other fake names. Um, I think you look like a Tom, not for Tom friendly. Uh, and then I have to imagine intentional Christian calls Anna Lucia Sarah. Um, and in the next flashback, neurotic Jack believes that Christian Shepard is sleeping with Sarah. Um, and they have a relationship after their divorce. So I have to imagine 
this is an intentional thing and not an accident that how, they called her Sarah. How cool would it be if they had written into this, like, you look like a Felix. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You look like a John. <laughs> Terry. Um, you look like a Terry. You look like a Michelle Rodriguez. Um, <laughs> so Anna's going to come along. Uh, so she wakes up in Sydney in that prime real estate hotel view um, of the harbour. Like, I mean, Kristen Shepard could afford that, but damn, I want to stay at that hotel. So do I. Um, straight onto the harbour. Um, so it's three in the morning. Anna's drinking. Um, Christian knocks on the door. Time for protection duty. Uh, fate's calling, Sarah. Uh, we get a bit of Patsy Cline as Anna pulls up at a house. Uh, Christian goes up, wimp Christian, uh, goes up to the house. He's yelling at this Australian woman, three in the morning. I want to see her. I want to see your daughter. Because <laughs> well, he's a drunkard at this point. He probably doesn't know what day of the week it is. Um, they talked about how he's been waiting four days or something. And then suddenly in the middle of the night, Anna, Anna mentions that. Like, this guy's about to drink himself to death. So, um, He's not thinking rationally at all right now. He's probably drunk out of his mind. Um, now, he says, I have every right to see her. It's my daughter. I want to see my daughter. I feel stupid. I never put the two together. Me I, I should have, but I never even... Like, it's so obvious. Like, it couldn't be anything else. But, I mean, it, it could be just that's why he was in Sydney. But it's so obvious what they're doing and they're planting the seed. I never put it together. Yeah, me neither. I, I did not have the slightest clue. I, no, I forgot when I rewatched it last year, I, I completely even fucking forgot that this was a storyline. <laughs> like, oh, that's right. Okay. But I like that they plant this seed here um, and it's not just out of nowhere in season three. I like this plot line because um, it's kind of like Christian has nothing left. He lost his son. He's lost his wife. So now what would be the last thing he has left is a daughter. Um so he's had barely any uh, thing in her life at all, but now he's just gone to Australia and what do I have left? My daughter, I want to see her. Um, but they fail and uh, Aunt Lindsay turns him away. Uh, we have Christian and Anna driving the next day. Uh, who was she? She has a very long story, Sarah. Uh, see you didn't I, I lo- the flashback. Yeah. Um, it's Anna Lucia. I like this. Well, I'm still Tom. <laughs> I love Annalise here at the end of this flashback because, you know, it's clever how they do this, that they wrap up Anna's story in a flashback, even though it's set before where we are in the current. And I love that, you know, Anna's kind of got to this point of like, what are we doing here? What am I doing? And Michelle plays it really well, I feel. Uh, and I've written here, Anna is sick of Kristen's shit. Um, Kristen talks about how he's here because I can't apologize to my son. Um... So, um, Anna and Christian have run away. Oh, the, yeah, they've run, they're running away from, they're, they're both running away. Uh, but Anna says, well, let's go back. Uh, we can go home. Um, but they show up at the bar, which is quite a significant bar, um, in the middle of the day. Let's go and have a drink at 10 and be pathetic together. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Christian. And Anna says, no, what are we doing? Um, we have to go back. Uh, I, I just, I think Michelle Rodriguez and Anna Lucia's character is so good in this second last scene of hers in this flashback and how she's just realized she's made a mistake, she's lost, she's got nothing. She feels like the devil is chasing her. 
Um, and now she just wants to go home to her mom, correct her mistakes. Um, I love this. Christian opens the door when Anna turns him down to go into the bar and <laughs> knocks into Sawyer. Uh, it's a bit stupid. I'm walking here. But, um, yeah. So I love that this is kind of like a, a prequel to Outlaws in that amazing scene in the bar. Um, so I like that now we see the direct moment before then and that Anna was there as well as Sawyer went into that bar and drunk with Christian. Um, so Anna's trying to convince Christian to go back. I can't ever go back. So he leaves and he's off to drink himself to death with Sawyer. So Sawyer can have a really emotional moment with Jack in the season one finale. Um, oh yeah, if you've got anything to add and we'll get into the last scene. Do we ever actually get to see how Christian dies? Just drinks too much. Um, I want to see the scene of like Anna, like gets out of the car. And she's just like, oh, crap. Oh, well, I'm in Sydney. And, like, just, you know, walking around the opera house, taking selfies, like, you know. Yeah, montage. <laughs> montage of her, you know, walking up the Centrepoint Tower, like, you know, going to Bondi. Park on, the, on, the, on the roller coaster. On the koala at Taronga Zoo. Just, you know, doing the sightseeing around Sydney. Like, where's that flashback? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's probably Steve's flashback. <laughs> Um, some of these people had to be on just holiday, surely. Oh, Nathan. Was it Nathan? He was oh, yeah, the... Nathan on the company retreat. Yeah? Come on. Maybe that was Libby's big flashback story. She was just on holiday. Did we find out why Libby uh, was in Australia? No, never. And it irks me to this day. But, um, she didn't realise. She was just walking around cuckoo la la. La 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 la. Oh, I'm on a plane. <laughs> la la la. Oh, I'm in Australia. So we have the final flashback uh, and a return of Chrissy. I love this. Where why do I have to do this, Chrissy? Because I do. I need to get him back. Uh, so that season one scene of Jack talking to Chrissy, uh, the oceanic woman, and with Jin in line, they all look so like we're really we're two seasons in, but it feels like we've come so far. Like these, they look so innocent here. Uh, this clip of Jin and Jack from season one, um, but apparently Anna was also in that line. Uh, so she calls up her mom. I made a mistake, mom. I love this scene because this is kind of her last flashback scene. Ties all her story together. Uh, you knew, so I got as far as away from you as I could. But now I want to come home. And Teresa says that she'll be there when she lands. So she kind of reconciles with her mom. She realizes her mistake and she wants to fix it and just be normal. But she crashes on this island and has to lead a bunch of bozos across the island who are being terrorized by other savage wilderness people who have makeup kits um, and is forced to kill two people and then accidentally kills another person who another person claims to love and then everyone in the camp hates her uh, and then she tries to train an army, whatever happened to that, and then she questions a man and finds his balloon and then she really reconciles everything as we'll get to and says, no, I can't do it. I'm sick of just killing people. This is not me. I want to move on, and then she gets shot. So tragic, tragic, tragic is probably the hashtag for Ada Lucia. But I love the flashback. I love John Terry. I love Christian's story being told here, and they really play off each other so well there. Uh, chemistry works so well, and it's just a sad flashback all around. But I, I like how they tie up Anna's story in the flashback and really make her a bit more sympathetic and just puts everything together. Like at this point, they've told all of Anna's story and it works just so well with what's going on in the island. I think it's probably the best flashback we've had so far or maybe 
top four or five. I don't know about the best. Echoes was pretty cool. Of this season, um, that you are referring to. Yeah, of the season. Because <laughs> um, this season, I mean, Charlie's, Saeed, all that. It's been pretty lackluster. But, um, yeah, this would definitely be a top five one of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it a lot better than the first one, uh, the Analysia. You know, I don't like Analysia, so it's kind of like, yeah. But, you know, I agree with kind of what you say. It's it's a it's a good one. And kind of just, you know, just this random sort of pairing of these two. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's... it's I, I think you're right, kind of. There just hasn't been that many good ones this season. But, um, yeah, I'm just randomly reading here. I just somehow found the interviews page on Lostpedia. And apparently Lostpedia interviewed Michael Emerson and Jorge Garcia. So, yeah, anyway, just random thing for you there. But, uh, yeah, I agree with what you said. Um, uh, Christian and Lucia refer to each other as Sarah and Tom. Sarah and Tom are names of both Christian's children's significant others. Sarah is Jack's former wife, and Tom is the father of Claire's baby. That's kind of interesting. Cool. Um, Oh, God, he's a dick. Um, I mean, he's not Tom. He's Thomas. Um, <laughs> yeah, come on. Tom's different. Uh, this episode features the only three-way past. Whoa. Wow. This episode features the only three-way past character connection in a scene on Lost, Lucia and Christian, and Sawyer. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, so let's get into the island proper. Um, and we follow up from... I just feel, I don't know if you agree, but this episode just really does have this calm before the storm type feel to it. You just feel it's building, and obviously we're watching in hindsight, we know, but you just feel something's going to happen throughout the whole episode. Like, it's really tense throughout the whole with Jack and Locke and everything. Uh, It just has that kind of calm before the storm feel, I feel. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like, even when you rewatch it and you know what's going to happen at the end, it's still kind of cool to just kind of see how it plays out. And, you know, particularly like with Michael, you just... Kind of have no clue what's going to happen with him. So, yeah, it's it's kind of cool that they actually... that Yeah, you, no, you're right. I agree with you. Uh, but they've taken him back to the hatch. Uh, we've got Anna cutting up some fruit. And we've got Locke as a snorer, apparently. <laughs> I love Locke asleep. <laughs> um, Anna goes in to talk to Ben. Um, she talks about... She's kind of questioning him. You're different to other killers. Um, and then he mumbles under his breath. Michael Emerson is just so good in this episode. Uh, and then he attacks her, which is just crazy. Um, and he gets mad at her for killing two of the others. Uh, they were good people who were leaving you alone. Well, hmm, really, Ben? <laughs> um, you're the killer, Anna Lucia. It's a great... I always thought this was great. a dream. I always thought this was a dream. Again, I'm doing it again. Yeah, not it having faith. That it's yeah. you know, actually in the show. <laughs> it is a bit like that, though, because it's just kind of out of nowhere. But it's crazy, Ben, just trying to kill Anna. Um, and then Locke saves the day with his crutch. That's not as bad as it sounds. Um, <laughs> uh, later on, we have Anna outside trying to stitch herself up. Uh, and Libby's trying to comfort her. I like that these two have one final scene together. Uh, hey, Anna, don't do anything stupid. Um... We have Locke investigating the blast doors and going up to Henry. And this the line I said, if you've come to apologize, I forgive you for hitting me with your crutch, uh, which I think is a great Ben line. Like, that's very much signs of sarcastic Benjamin Linus that we'll get later on in the show. Um, 
And Locke wants to know why he he wasn't attacked. He's like, Boone, oh, why didn't you attack me? <laughs> um, uh, you're one of the good ones, John. And then Ben talks about how his own people will kill him. Uh, then we get, like, completely uppity, uh, egotistical Ben, because the man in charge, he's a great man, <laughs> a brilliant man. <laughs> like... God, like someone has a <laughs> I do ego that. complex. I do that when people yeah. say, like, tell me, tell me about the Oz Network. Oh, well, this guy who runs it. Oh, the man it, in charge. He's amazing. He's so good looking. Uh, he's just so talented and really underrated in the podcast world. He really should have more recognition. <laughs> and he's got he's a, a massive man. penis. I've like, he, t- he showed it to me. It's huge. <laughs> but he is not a forgiving man. <laughs> <laughs> he whacks people with it. <laughs> End of the episode. Um, which... <laughs> now... I think they probably didn't know fully that they probably knew at this point they would want him back for season three. I'm not sure if they fully knew he would be the leader, but I think it works. Even if that wasn't their intention, I think it works for Ben's character to hit that. He would say this, like to build up this character. He's a great man with, with actually meaning him. Yeah. I mean, the guy's spent all this time lying about being Henry Gar. Has he even admitted what his name is at this point? So, you know, just, it's kind of just the illusion of the others, you know, like, oh, he's a great man. Yeah. And you could theorise he's talking about Jacob. I think he's talking about himself, but... Um, uh, yeah, I assume yeah. that too. It's a nice line, though. He's not a forgiving man. He'll kill me because I failed my mission. Um, and then... Now, this is interesting because Ben says, oh, the reason when I got captured, I was coming... I was on my way. I was coming for you, Locke. Now, this is interesting because uh, one thing I think season five kind of does well with the time travel is that the others, you know, Richard Albert met Locke in the 70s. So, when this guy shows up on the island in the present, well, you're probably going to think that he's kind of special. So, maybe there's some truth to it, but is this Henry Gale or Benjamin Liner's mind tricks here? He's Sith Lord mind tricks. Of, was, oh, yeah, Locke. Yeah. I was on my way to get you. I always assume that's what it was. Like, he's just playing him. I, I never kind of believed that he really was coming to get him. I just assumed that that's what he did. He was just being, you know, yeah, mind trick, Jedi mind tricks. Michael Emerson is so good. Benjamin Linus is so good. If Lost um, Petey can is... get an interview with him, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's too busy doing Arrow. Oh, um, this is going to be us for just the next season three, four, five, and six. Just like, every scene. Oh, Michael Emerson is so good. Oh, Benjamin Linus is so good. Um... But he's so sadistic. I love it. Uh, even this early on when they hadn't fleshed out his character. Um, and Jack and Kate return to the uh, the hatch with Michael. Um, we've got a nice little scene of just Sawyer on his own collecting some mangoes. It's kind of cute. <laughs> uh, and then Anna shows up just to start stealing the mangoes. Um, I wouldn't pick you for the fruit picking type. Um, <laughs> Anna wants a gun, but Sawyer's not going to give it to her. Uh now, sometimes you're lost where they kind of make the characters just do things for no reason. Uh, so, Saeed's digging a hole. Um, like, he's just digging a hole. Remember we were talking about Anna Lucia with the stick that she had, like, five or six episodes ago? We're like, what is she building there? It's just, it's just, like, um, just... sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry, keep going. 
Well, that's it. But my favourite one was season one. I can't remember the episode when Member Sawyer had a headache and they had this dude in the background just banging a piece of tin. Yeah, like, he wasn't building anything. He just had a hammer. It was just, like, are these people that bored that now they just do th- <laughs> like I'm going to plant a stick and see if it grows? Or, it just reminds I'm, I'm Saeed and I'm going to dig a hole. It reminds me of that Simpsons episode where Bart's in the back. What are you doing, Bart? Digging? Why? Cause. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yes that's a good (laughs) uh there's so much good hurley in this episode though hurley shows up dude nice hole (laughs) (laughs) hurley that's 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 our awkward icebreaker hurley that we've you know every time he comes in (laughs) so rose's husband's white (laughs) (laughs) i just want that to be his opening line all the time said so Rose's husband's white. <laughs> I do love this kind of character trait that we're discovering that of Hurley. Every time he shows up, he has to not. He can't just not say something. <laughs> he shows up, dude. To like, nice. <laughs> shows up to Kate. So, so uh, Saeed's girlfriend got shot. <laughs> so Boone's dead. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye out on that. But Hurley wants the radio they found to play music for Libby, uh, and then oh, it's just static. Uh, Saeed's been kind of boring in the past few episodes ever since he said, I-, I found a man, a man named Henry Gale. Now he's just kind of digging holes. He's um, mourning And Henry. he didn't want to go with Jack. Yeah. Um, and then you see, even Static would be good because then it was to score me points. Cause like, oh, he tried. And I'll hold it over my head. Uh, I love this. Uh, oh, yeah. Didn't they have say anything in Baghdad? <laughs> I love that. Um, it's a funny line, but then it also makes you think of just, we've talked in the past how diverse this cast is, that you would think, well, some of this pop cultural stuff that Hurley talks about or Sawyer mentions that Saeed would have no idea about. Um, yeah. It's kind of just that reminds you of how different these people are. Because, um, yeah, he probably hasn't seen say anything like, um, I mean, he doesn't come from Baghdad, Hurley, but still, uh, the point remains. But it's a funny line, though, as well. I'm sure there's an Iraqi version. They've like reading, instead of like you know John sure Cusack holding up a boombox, it's, it's like um, Naveen Andrews <laughs> <laughs> playing like. I want to see him in a. Uh, Nadio Rumble. pops out the window. Ah! <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's an Arabic dub of say anything around. Um, uh, so, Saeed tells Hurley about the beach that he took Shannon to. Boo! Um, oh, we don't want to know about Shannon. Stop mentioning. Get over it. Um, uh, where are we at? Uh, Jack's talking about how they didn't give him Michael. He just showed up in Lockside. So, it's just a coincidence. Um, Anna shows back up. And then, Jungle Sex! Um, <laughs> we've mentioned this a few times. I like this one. I, I think it's hot. I look. I this is kind of one of those things that you just don't expect. Because um, I kind of like that the bit before when you know random Sawyer's like telling. What does he say? Like, here's another idea. Scram! Like, I just love the way. Yeah. And the, the way he says, "You heard me now. Get." <laughs> like, I love the way he says that. Um, but yeah, this is just like random and like. I will say, like, I don't like Anna Lucia, but I love her play here. Like, this is brilliant. Like, ah. Uh, shit, I need a gun. Oh, I'll just fuck him. And then I'll steal his gun. Like, because let's again, be honest, this is a power. Like, if a girl did that to me, I'm going to let her steal whatever. Like, you know, like, I'm dumb that way. I'm a guy. I'm going to fall for it. So, yeah, it's kind of random. Like, and... I think it works. I, I, I'm with you. Like, it's kind of, it's just, it's, you could imagine this happening. Like, who who have we talked about before about, like, having just 
kinky islands. They just want to fuck and then they're done. Like, it's... There is just kind of that sort of thing with people that, like... I mean, it's that old guy and the blonde yeah, girl. Yeah, <laughs> there are just people that you meet that it's just like, God, I want to fuck you. Uh, and then there's, like, a difference in society, of course, when normal people don't go through with it unless the other person says yes, then there's Kevin Spacey. But um, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, it has been proven, at least at the time of recording. Um, but then I like Kevin Spacey. Um, Harvey Weinstein's probably the more appropriate one to use. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you could just totally, oh, you totally see these two just wanting to just bone each other, you know, like not yeah, like they've come a long way from UK. Yeah, not not like Saeed and and uh, you know uh, Annalise with a bit of finger banging. This is like full on like get your <laughs> dick out, love, and stick it in me, like you know. I have to say, I was seeing not just this scene, but like I was thinking, oh, Michelle Rodriguez is looking pretty fine in this episode. Um, She's got a nice body. Yeah. Um, yeah, when she woke up in that hotel room. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, face could use I think a bit it of works. work. Uh, there's not a ton of scenes like this in Lost, but I, I think this one works. I'm trying to think, is this the first island sex that we've seen on the show? Shannon and... I mean, besides Lock and Boone and Lock and Walt. And, um, Shannon and, uh... Shannon and Boone. Shannon and Saeed. Oh, I mean... <laughs> yeah, Shannon... I mean, Shannon and Boone. Gene and Sun. No, but we never saw that. Do you mean like, like actual, gin. like, we yeah, like get... seeing it. Yeah, I mean, like, out of all, we I obviously I know I we're going to get Kate and Sawyer bear cage sex, which I like their sort of sex <laughs> scene. Um, but do we get anything else besides Zoe Sawyer, the slut? <laughs> yeah, Sawyer is a slut. We did go through that sex article, didn't we, where it was like characters yeah, who had Sawyer, sex. Sawyer, Sawyer, Sawyer. But um, is it, are uh, they the only, who else has sex on this show on the island? Um, that we see, because obviously, like, um... Rose and Banana. Well, it's kind of interesting, because, you know, you think you couldn't hate the characters even more. The original introduction of Nikki and Paolo was that they were getting it on in Jack's tent, and Claire catches <laughs> But they deleted that scene, but I think they should have kept it. I Claire thought probably, it was good. Claire probably goes in the tent, Are you two making a baby? Baby! Baby! That's how yeah, so- babies are made! Uh, Nicky and Paolo have island sex, but deleted scene. Um, oh, what a shame. I mean, maybe Julia and Sawyer, like, 70s island. Well, um, they kind of are like a married couple, so... But this is, like, the first full-on graphic kind of one, well, graphic for network television in 2006 um, that we see. But I think it works. Um, yeah, I, I'm like, again, I'm down with it, and I props to Annalise here for, for doing this to get the gun. So, yeah, I think it works. She's her initiative. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 a clever ploy. It's it's very clever. It's the poverty move. <laughs> that's well, I don't mean it like that. That's I mean, how poverty won immunity. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I bet you these two have had a lot of experience with a lot of different people. Oh, so, hell yeah. um... These are the type of people that are just like, you know, they 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 know what it does when it just it's a random little hookup. Thirty seconds later, it's always done. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, he talked about something burning in Tallahassee and it wasn't the sun. Can we just, like, establish, though, that, like, you know, I always read into these things a little bit more. We've been on the island for 60 days, you know, so, like, <laughs> things are a bit bushy in areas and it's probably, you know, a bit gross down there. So, I'm kind of thinking that it's like, I know there's a shower in the hatch, but, you know, <laughs> the pipes are broken, apparently. But, like, do you think that, do you think had um, Annalisa lived that there would have been, like, I'm pregnant or something like that? Oh, God. Um, 
No, I, I just want the, oh, God, it's been 60 days and uh, Sawyer maybe shoots a bit too quick and then and it doesn't get a chance to get the gun. I want that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, mwah, mwah, ah, 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 okay, done. Thanks, love. Like, and oh, then Sawyer's shit. like looking shamefully, oh, I'm sorry, it's been 60 days. I'm, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sorry. And she's like, oh, God damn it. But you've got to admit, like, besides Nathan going off having a wank in the bushes, like, do these people masturbate on the island? Like, you know. Oh, early does. <laughs> Oh, God, Hurley's into the, the ranch dressing. Like, uh, he's using props. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, you got to imagine. I know you're kind of your first, you're like, ah, 10 days in, will we get rescued? But, like, they're all living on the land. They're kind of used to it now. SOS sign's taking forever. Like, poor old Claire's a bit lonely. Oh, Lock, can you watch the baby tonight? <laughs> well, they've got their own... Um like whole shelters and that, so I'm well, sure it and, and let's be honest, they found pregnancy tests, tarps, everything else in the luggage. Not like somebody hasn't been travelling with a dildo in there somewhere. So like, oh, man. The island dildo. <laughs> <laughs> Hurley, we're going to need to make uh, get you to make a schedule. <laughs> or lock. Yeah, I've been making schedules for the hatch. Uh, I'll, I'll do the island dildo schedule. Kate's like, oh, can I be in the hatch alone? Tonight I'll take that the red bag in the, you know, the bag. Batteries, yep. No, Kate, you've got enough. You don't need Kate, another. Kate, it's Claire's turn. Use it together. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you took a little bit there to realise what I just said. This is why we... <laughs> what, what do we go on uh, the Kevin to Bernard scale? Uh... <laughs> We're down below Kevin at this point. I am. Um... You're fine. <laughs> Well, the the fact that I even engaged with the Island Dildo storyline means I'm not fine. <laughs> I'm sure, I wonder if there's like a dildo page on Lostpedia. Dildos were a recurring theme in Lost. <laughs> I don't wonder. Um, so, I love Sawyer. Uh, don't you want my phone number? And Anna's leaving. And if you tell anyone about this, so... Oh, what? That means no cuddling? Uh, what? Sawyer what? doesn't even care. He's Who just cares like, if he tells? Like, ooh... Like, well, I mean, I probably wouldn't want that knowing about me. Like, oh, I got with Sawyer. Ugh. Mr. Mr. Echo's like radio show. Guy. Celebrity gossip. <laughs> Celebrity gossip. Breaking news. <laughs> there was a bit of rumbling in the jungle last week. And we are building a church. <laughs> uh, so, uh, this is so sweet. Hurley's packing the pit for the picnic. Uh, and he gets caught by Libby. So he tells her about the picnic, and she's going to go. Um, it's sweet, you know, but it's just a shame because there's just no stories left for Libby. I mean, there's just no, nowhere for her to go. So I, I don't even know why they're bothering. There's just nothing there, like a romance or anything. Um, but Anna's heading back to the cat. The cat? The cat. The, hatch. <laughs> the island cat. <laughs> Come here, Mr. Miggles. Uh, here, puss, puss. <laughs> I like this. Jack's like, what happened to you? Um, that was like Desmond. But Locke covers for her. But I don't get his story. I've never got this. So he left the tap on and she, her head slipped. Like I never really get... He covers for her, but what did he really say? Well, what do you mean about the whole slipping thing? That You said what he said. Yeah, but he left the tap on and she slipped. Like... So she fell and hit her head on like, the basin, face first onto the basin. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think. Like, what was he going to say? The bad lie. She, what's What's he going to say? Oh, she didn't cook the chicken properly, so I smacked her one. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's fast thinking, but it's just like 
wouldn't Jack be like, mm-hmm, and question her a bit? But anyway, Michael was waking up. He talks about how he's found the others. And, oh, Michael, how wrong you are. He talks about how they, they're simple. He talks about how they live in tents. They eat dried fish. They are worse off than we are. Uh, and he counted 22 of them. So wrong, Michael. Um, downtown book club. Um, he, uh, so he said he didn't see Walt lie. Um, he didn't see Sydney or the kids. Uh, I think it would have been a good storyline if they killed the kids. Well, it's... we need Sydney and the kids. Um, well, you know my thoughts when it comes to children actors on shows when they're bad. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is like, is it discriminatory towards adults that they never really kill children in like movies and TV shows? <laughs> like, yeah, it's just there's so many times where I'm like, just kill the kid. It's it would shocking. Be so- like, it's shocking when you kill kids. Like, I mean, The Walking Dead, which it's a terrible show, but they did one plot line where they killed two children, and I'll admit that was. I'm like, finally, well, a show did it. I I really don't like that show, but that was one thing where I'm like, oh, finally, a show had the guts to do it. But yeah, they need to kill kids more. Kill Aaron. <laughs> the storyline of Claire like walking on the beach trying to find the island dildo, and she trips, and poor old Aaron goes headfirst yeah. into a rock. Put him in a piano and in the water. <laughs> Send his crap. There's, out to see. there's a way to go out. I remember actually when I interviewed uh, Grant Bowler, I was talking to him about his TV deaths because uh, I remember on Always Greener he got killed by he um, he bit a an apple that had a bee on it and he swallowed the bee and it stung him and he died. And, like we were just talking about like methods of dying in TV shows. Like there's one for like you know. Oh, I remember that show that killed a baby by putting it in a piano and sending it out to sea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this episode didn't have enough iconic deaths. We needed Aaron out at sea, um, which is the last spin-off when Aaron becomes a ship captain. I'm trying to remember how Grant Bolland... I think he gets his throat slit, I'm he pretty sure. Stabbed. Uh, I don't think it's shot, no? Stabbed, maybe shot. Yeah, he gets murdered. Poor I remember Grant that. I can, Bad. Can we just stop and realise that fucking Grand Bowler's in this show? <laughs> like, yeah, yes! I thought we loved Boone. <laughs> yeah, fuck Boone! When Grand it's Bowler's be an exciting in this... day when we get to Grant Bowler's three episodes of Lost. This is like the greatest thing ever we've ever podcasted about. Like, we just As a lost, ship captain. You know, it's the greatest, greatest episode since The Amazing Race and our iconic episode of your team number one! <laughs> Yeah, it's all connected. I mean, we had Boone, and now we're kind of moved on to Echo. Hello. Uh, but he's not going to last, so Grant Bowler is next. Well, there's got to be um, someone woo. in between, isn't there? Because, like, isn't there a bit of a gap between old Mr. Echo <laughs> yeah, and Grant? <laughs> yeah, I don't know who it's going to be. Bring Paolo. Boone back. No, fuck Paolo. <laughs> well, Boone is in next season, episode three, so that's fun. Um, Shannon, unfortunately not. But our Boone did two episodes next season, so... Look forward to that. And you said you didn't like Expose. Boone's in it. How dare you say it's a terrible episode? We'll take Boone um, out of it. It's a terrible episode. <laughs> oh, he's in lots of it. Well, okay, but... <laughs> Billy D. Williams and Boone. That's like... Lando Calrissian and Boone. <laughs> Boone. And you... Oh, God. Um, Do you like Expose? Yeah, I think it's a great episode. Jesus Christ. Um... It's 
meta, it's funny, it's hilarious, which is also what funny is, but <laughs> uh, it's got Boone in it, it's got Billy D. Williams in it, it's got a crazy death in Lost, it's great. I mean, the the, lo- uh, the death freaks me out, can I just say like that? Oh, that's terrifying. There's more good about Expo- Expose than bad. Um, hmm. uh, so what have we got? There? They've got two guns. Uh, we got. I've written here sexist, Michael. He's a, most of them are old. And half of them are women. Yeah. Sexist, <laughs> Michael. This line wouldn't pass in 2017. And ageist. Half of them are women. <laughs> yeah, ageist and sexist, Michael. What's happened to you, Michael? Like, where I come from, I don't like women. <laughs> um, and then Michael says, we can take them. Um, this is what you were saying, though, the slow burner. Sorry to interrupt, but, like, it's kind of... What this episode does so well with the setup is that, like, we have no reason not to believe Michael right now. Because he's just kind yeah. of like, you know, there they're, they're are, you know, whatever. And you come say that again. One of us. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's just kind of, it's he's just... been here since the pilot. Why would we doubt him? It's, and that's what just makes it so good. Like, I mean, just, if this was like, you know, Libby shooting them, you would kind of like, ooh, like, she's crazy. <laughs> that's why she was in the hospital. But, um, yeah, like, it's just, it's just, it, I just watching this, even again, knowing what happens, there's just no reason why we're not going to believe this guy. So, and when he's like, we can take them, you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, come on, let's do this. So, what happened to the army plotline? Like, oh, pff, sweet Libby in the hospital. I thought they were building an army. Let's, let's just, that's the new thing. It just goes to the hospital with Libby. Like, that's that's where they, we put the answers that don't get, the questions that don't get answered. <laughs> Go yeah. to the hospital with Libby. <laughs> there's an outrigger there, there's an army. Um, So... I like this little bit. Jack admits to Locke that he was right about Henry. Um, that's nice little progression in their characters, I feel. Uh, you were right. Um, I like Locke, though. I hope next... That's fine. But I hope next time you decide to do something, you, you include me. Oh, poor These gummy two joke. are the ones that don't need to have a fuck and just get it out of the yeah, system. Just get it done with already. Jack's uh, on top. And then I like... Uh, well... Locks yeah. the bottom, come on. I mean, but he wants to use his legs as much as possible. So. Well, I mean, you know, maybe they're versatile. <laughs> I know too much uh, about slang for this, Ben. You really need to... <laughs> <sighs> Tinder, I'm just going to open up Tinder, just don't mind me. <laughs> Hang on, change setting to women. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I mean, I just said that out loud. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, but he says, I hope next time you decide to do something, you include me. And something tells me that you will be soon. Like, this episode is really building up. Um, so, I love this. Jack, Locke, and Kate, they're like, yeah, let's go. We're going to get Sawyer. They're like, going off. <laughs> I, I love this, these three. They're like, yeah. Yeah. Finally, something's happening in this show. Buddies. Um, like, Michael's back, and we're not just stalling with SOS signs. Let's go. Besties forever. Um... But Anna's going to stay. I love this. Give Sawyer my best. That's so good. Um, uh, so we have, you know, this episode devastating, but it's also funny. So we've got Hurley taking through the bushes, and they're lost. Libby's talking about the Flintstones, and she talks about, oh, this is third time past this tree, Hurley. Uh, that's a different tree. Oh, Hurley. It's so sweet. Awkward, Hurley. And then Hurley takes them out. Surprise! Hurley, this is our beach. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Like Jin's one scene in the episode. Is so <laughs> Jin's just there scaling his fish. I just love the and randomness he... of it. 
There's Albie. There's Gene. There's Gene. <laughs> yeah, such a good moment. Uh, I was cracking up. And then, oh, uh, poor old awkward Virgin Hurley. He forgot the blankets. He didn't have any drinks. Uh, drinks? So Libby's going to go and get the blankets. Oh, Hurley, if you only weren't so as much of a loser, then... She'd be alive. This is the balcony all over again. Have um, you, have you like, okay, this sounds like a bit of a personal question, but just bear with me here. Like, have you actually, like, have you done something like this before? Have you gone on a date or, like, had to organise shit like this before? No, never a picnic like this. But, like, have you had to organise something, like, for a girl or a boy? I don't know which way you swing. I don't think you've ever that. You're a girl, man. But, like, <laughs> it's 2018. <laughs> we don't know. I'm changing right now. So. <laughs> you've changed about four times over the course of this episode. Um, but, like, have you ever, like, you know, because, like, it's a, it is a nerve-wracking thing, particularly when it's kind of, no, like... Nothing wrong. Nothing that's not like, oh, let's go to this already pre-established shop. Or I'm one of those, like, uh, a pre-established shop. I prefer to go to one that's not established yet. That's that's my bag. But, like, I, I'm one of those guys who, like, after one month will have, like, a nice romantic dinner, like, happy one-month anniversary. So, like, I'll make a nice little candlelit dinner. One month after one week. Well, I mean, to will me, you marry? the two times I've had a one-month anniversary, it was a pretty big fucking deal, man. So, just leave me alone. <laughs> like... <laughs> At the time, all right, it was record breaking. Um, but um, if it ever happens again, which it's not, and it'll be with a man, no doubt. Um, There's going to be fireworks. It's going to be a national holiday. That, that's basically yes, your second date. I'm proposing. <laughs> <laughs> they don't remove you from well, Tinder after nah. one meetup. It's like, holy crap, you didn't remove me after I just said goodbye? Will you marry me? Bernard style. Yes. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I feel for Hurley though, because it's like it is nerve wracking um, to kind of go to this effort. Like, I wouldn't go to the point where you don't forget the drinks. I mean, come on. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's sweet. Bless That's little sweet, big Hurley's sad. heart. Oh, he's taking her out on the first day. It is a bit recycled plotline from Do No Harm When Boone Died and Shannon wasn't there. But but it's one hundred and fifty thousand times better because these two have chemistry and are an amazing couple. Yeah, this is like it, almost every relationship on this show has chemistry except for the one they were pushing for half a season. Um, and then I'll get the blankets. I saw Rose and Bernard pull wine from the pallet. This makes me laugh so much. Hurley goes, oh, wine. Groovy. And he puts on the funniest. Jorge Garcia is so good here. I watched it twice because his face is so funny. This line's a bit cringy. Maybe if I get drunk enough, I'll remember where I know you from. Like, that's a bit too much on the nose of your uh but Libby goes off and this is the last time they ever see each other mm. um, Jin thumbs up and then yeah the thumbs up from Jin is so good I love Jin I love Jin more when it's just Jin in the background I like his Jin. episode I like I mean I love Daniel Day Kim like he's great when he's in shows and he's speaking with this American accent but I don't know there's just something more just I love just Jin like Naive little Jin not speaking English. He has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Just like, he's just cute. You just want to grab his little cheeks and go, oh, look at your little, little Jin. Jin. Uh, I want a little pet Jin. Like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, little baby Groot. And he's like really cute. Jin. Like, I want a little baby Jin. <laughs> I think if I have a pet, I think Jin would be a, a name yeah. in the short list. I had a, a rat, little I, puppy Jin. I had a rat called Padme. That's probably the only time I've named, <laughs> named something after a character or that. You had a rat called Natalie Portman. Come here, Natalie Portman. Yeah, I stroked it. It's 
closest I'll ever get to stroking And then early. you proposed to her. Yeah, I got a tumour and died. I gave it to my sister. What? When it was dead? Or? <laughs> yeah. Hi, Lindsay. Have a dead rat. No, I just... I didn't look after it very well. Like, I'm, I was all like, yeah, oh. I'm a rat. And then I kind of got, like, a couple of months in. I'm like, oh, this is kind of shit. Like, I've got to feed it. And the cage is kind of stinky. So, my sister loves rats. So, I'm like, do you want my rat? And she's like, okay. And then, yeah, like, uh, she lasted. And rats usually only live for, like, three years. Is, is, is that the reason why you broke up with Louise as well? Because you had to feed it and the cage was too <laughs> Damn it. You got I'm sorry. Secrets. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. I know that was good call. Good joke. Good. No, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, that's I'm sorry. A, could make our top five jokes at the end of this season. <laughs> Nah, there's going to be uh, six of them. Fingering. We couldn't uh, decide between that and fingering, so they both were number five. Noah reads um, his book. <laughs> oh, the whole truth. Whoever knew that episode would be so wild. Um, I'm sorry, I, I had to go there. It was That's too true. good of an opportunity. She's got a new owner now. Um, She's got a different cage, so it's all good. A new cage. Sold her. Shmee style. What a um, slut. Shmee. Shmee. Not- Shmee. Oh, no. <laughs> Believe me, if you were going to refer to Louise with any name, the S word is definitely not even on the radar of what you would call her. Well, so. don't forget we're listening to this in 2018. <laughs> Seriously, no. All right. Like... <laughs> All right. You met well, her I'm once, you the actor that played her. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> the actress formerly known as Louise. <laughs> She's found a new role. <laughs> Was on Lost. She got killed. Off. <laughs> but she's got picked up for a new sh- a new pilot. She was she was going to be somebody else's boyfriend, but she had to teach a class that day. Uh, <laughs> so she got recast as mine. <laughs> oh lordy, lordy, lordy. Um, so Sawyer's reading Bad Twin. How's that for cross promotion? Um, I still haven't read it. I've heard it's terrible. Uh, hey, it's a manuscript. I'm about to be the first and only one on the <laughs> island to figure out who did it. Uh, sorry, it's so good. Dick um, Jack. <laughs> yeah, burning. Oh, this always upset. Like, I don't know if I have like something with people burning other people's books, but like when <laughs> Michael burnt the polar bear comic, I just felt so bad, and now I'm just like, oh, you're the opposite sorry, of Colin. I- you're like Colin. Like shit gets burned. He's like got an erection. You're like, no, don't burn things. That offends me. <laughs> Yeah, Colin's one of those people where, like, when his house burns down, he's like, oh. I feel so liberated. Like, Let's put Casper on the fire. I, I feel like everything's burnt and I've lost my possessions, but I'm ready to move on. And this has been a blessing in disguise. While I'm like, my stuff! <laughs> my baby! I'm burnt! <laughs> I've got nothing! I actually, so I... I Colin know. No, yeah. Colin I, no burning scale i'm gonna say this my house is gonna burn down tonight but like i've always had like a morbid fear of that happening but um i actually met someone once whose house burnt down and talked to her about it and yeah it was kind of like it's just terrifying to like talk to her about what it feels like it's like probably a dumb question but what does it feel like when your house burns down she's like oh it's fucking fantastic it's amazing (laughs) you wake up going yes thank god this happened to me Sadly, that didn't make it to the first month anniversary. Uh, I didn't that date her. State, that didn't go too well. I mean, I tell me about Obviously, didn't date her. I burnt house down. <laughs> it was you, and then you're like, "So how does it feel to have your house burnt down?" So how does it feel to have your house burnt down? Finally, <laughs> a girl let you stay over, and you burnt toast. <laughs> she didn't. Put, she didn't put out the morning. 
No, let's only cuddle. It's the first date. Fuck! I'm just going to the bathroom. Where's the lighter? You burnt the toast. <laughs> Will you take me back? How does it feel? Leave me alone. In the middle of the house burning down. Oh, look, there's all your photo albums getting burnt. How does it feel? There's your cat. It's on fire. How does it feel? I used to have a huge fear of this too because I lived in the bush um, every summer in Australia. If you live in Australia and you're in the bush, it's always talk about bushfires, bushfires, bushfires. So it always terrified me, the idea that in the middle of the night, because we had to talk about, like, imagine this, being a dad, well, I mean, you can imagine, but... <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm oh, don't Wow. <laughs> it's part of the joke. Um, no, but imagine being a dad like my dad, and we had to have discussions about our mid midnight fire escape plan if a fire comes ravaging in the middle of the night. Imagine I, telling that to a six-year-old. Like My dad probably didn't think twice about it, but I was a hundred sleepless nights after that. <laughs> so I was the opposite, because like we would like have the firemen come to school and like make sure you speak to your parents tonight about your action plan. Where is your emergency route? Like And make sure you've got a pack ready to go. So I'd go home and be like, Mom, Dad, this is what we're talking about. Oh, don't be stupid, Ben. That will never happen. <laughs> so like, it was just like, go away. <laughs> But I, um, I've had two, like, um, I was at my nan's house. She lives in Sandy Bay, which for people listening don't live at home, but that doesn't mean nothing to them. I just said, she lives in an igloo in Timbuktu, boobly-boo, and that's the same thing. But, um, I remember staying at a house once and there was a bushfire, and, like, she doesn't really live near the bush, but, like, because it was kind of on the hill sort of above, sort of in the Churchill Avenue area. And there was this ember that kind of flew over her house and landed on her neighbor's roof and it caught fire. Um, so we were like up all night and like we had to do the whole warden. Like that's the only time I've kind of been in that experience in like a bushfire. It's scary as. But like, um, I remember it, you went to my house in, uh, in Springfield Avenue, uh, which again means nothing to anyone. Um, but I was on, it was on Christmas day, like Christmas night, as in Christmas day night. And, you know, technically Boxing Day, like one o'clock in the morning or whatever, uh, for our North American, well, our American viewers, that's uh, December 26th. I know that Americans don't know what Boxing Day is. Um, and so I was just like up on, I don't know, I was like playing a video game or something I got for Christmas. And like, we, I remember Louise and I could smell smoke like all night. Like, what is that? And, like, oh, we looked around, couldn't see anything. Then about one o'clock in the morning, it was just bang, 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 bang on the door. And I was like, what the fuck? So, like, this, um, our neighbour... Come who, to rescue Louise. Our neighbour knocked on the door and was like... Where's the keys? The downstairs section of your house is on fire. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, like, there was... A, I don't know if you ever knew, there was, like, a little apartment under our house where, at the time, like, this... Yes, um, took me down there once and it stunk. Oh, that's right. Anyway, I didn't want to go in. But... Has anyone ever been murdered in Moona before, Ben? Uh, but, like, so, like, there was this, like, little Asian couple that lived underneath. They were very nice. And, um... Somebody, like, they they had this lattice fence outside their door that was just burning and on fire. Um, so, like, our neighbours got a hose and kind of, like, doused it with water. It's the only time in my entire life I've ever had to call triple zero. Um, and, like, I was shaking because I'm like, holy fuck, like, what the hell? Like, I've never called triple zero before. You always get taught what to do. And, like, as soon as they answer, like, uh, 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 fire? Like, you don't know what to say. Um, and anyway, so long story short, the fire department came and kind of, 
you know, checked it over and they had like all these infrared things to see if there was like a burning fire in there. Somebody had obviously come around to visit this couple during the day when they weren't home and they must have had like a cigarette and they must have like put the cigarette out on like the fencing that was outside their door and somehow like an ember had kind of gone inside the wood and slowly burnt. And so like eventually over the hours, it kind of got hotter and hotter and hotter and just went woof on a flame. So it just burned a bit of fence. It didn't do any damage, but that was fucking scary. Yeah, fires are scary the in end. Australia. Like, we don't have hurricanes much. We well, don't really have volcanoes, tidal waves. Not in Tasmania. Um, but the one thing we fear for our lives in some ways, bushfires. Um, if you live and, in Newcastle, it's an earthquake. <laughs> oh, who cares about them? Um, wow. And, I mean, I don't think you've really seen it much, but you have seen my dad's house. It's a double, it's a two-story house, and the bedrooms are all on top, so our fire escape plan was all, oh, yeah, you just need to climb out the window, walk along the tin roof, walk to the end of the house, get onto the water tank, hop on, on Skippy. top of the water tank, <laughs> slide down the water tank, meet here, a six-year-old up all night, eyes wide open in the middle of the summer. Jack Bauer style. <laughs> if you ever see my house again, I'll walk you through it. I remember. You'll see that it's even scarier than I'm talking it up to be. I remember, like, getting to your house, like, and the fact that it is in the bush. And that's kind of like I remember when, um, wow, I'm talking about Louise a lot in this episode. Uh, but when we were, like, building a house, that turned out well. Um, here's a note. P- kids, don't break up with your partner of eight years in the middle of building a house. That causes some issues. Uh, but, like, I was like, don't build near the bush because I'm, like, terrified. I don't want to live near a place where our house that we're spending, like, thousands and thousands of dollars on, hundreds of thousands of dollars on, could <laughs> burn. <laughs> it's a pretty shit house. Um, <laughs> it's a hut. Lego. Um, but, like, it could burn down, you know, in summer. So. Yeah, I've lived at that house for since I was born, it's scary to grow up in the summer in the bush. We've always got a plan for it. Um, anyway, uh, let's get to the end of this. This is all because Jack threw the thing in the fire. Um, let's get to the end of this episode. Um, so everyone's turning against Sawyer. Um, give it back, Sawyer. Uh, what, you bring her along for the sympathy vote? Uh, then Jack pulls a gun on him, and then Sawyer's like, goes to get his gun. Ah, oh, that bitch. Um. So Anna, he realizes Anna is taking the gun, and then why would she need a gun? Dun, dun, dun. So they're really playing up this whole episode that Anna Lucia is going to murder Henry, which is totally believable because we did not think, oh yeah, Benjamin Linus, he'll be in the finale of Lost and be the one of the most important characters and one of the most beloved characters. Like we had no reason to think that he's just a guest star. So. I think it was totally believable to think that Anna was just going to cold-blooded murder her. I mean, to murder him. It's an Anna episode, so it makes sense. Um, so, uh, Locked confesses what happened to Anna. Um, Anna is heading into Ben. Um, so, uh, ben, ben kind of starts talking to her now. He says, he kept saying that you were misunderstood. Uh, good one. Uh, he thought that you were worthy and could be changed, but he was wrong. Michael Emerson is so good. I love the Goodwin reference. Um, I think Goodwin had a bit of a crush on Anna. Oh, for sure. Um, I love this. He was going to kill me. Was he? Like, my, uh, Benjamin Linus, mind tricks. <laughs> um, and then Anna pulls out the gun. Hey, is this it? Yes, Henry, this is it. So you think she's going to murder him. But instead, we go to a flashback, and then next, she's just chilling on the couch. So, uh, this isn't it, I guess. 
Uh, so Michael wants to come to. Oh my god! Every single second of this episode moving forward, he wants to know where every everyone is. Uh, Anna tells Michael about Ben, and then she said, "I couldn't kill him. I can't do this anymore." And we kind of have the official end to Anna Lucia's character arc, wrapping it up. So I like they went to the effort of giving her a full fleshed out, developed arc where she's changed and there's development, and she's at this point where. Like, she feels like she's on death's door, the devil's chasing her, but, you know, she wants to move on from all this killing, and she still feels killing the two others. Uh, so she can't do it, but then Michael... They took my son! Whoa! What are you about to uh, do? <laughs> South Park! They took my job! <laughs> Sorry. They Ruining the moment. Do you still watch uh, present uh, South Park? I have not watched it. You know, I need to catch up because I love it so much. I just they have not have watched it in a long time. This season, this season being pretty bland. This season being 2017. Um, but they had an episode, you know, on like the Amazon Alexa type thing. Mm. They have the rednecks. They took good jobs, and then the Alexa says, "Like now playing Durka Durka by Alanis Morissette." <laughs> And then it's like, not Durka Durka, they took a job. <laughs> just so good. I love South Park. Uh, uh, easily one of the best shows ever. Matt Stone made. and Trey uh, Parker are geniuses. Geniuses, yeah. Uh, anyway, we were totally ruining the moment if we're talking about Durka Jobs. <laughs> um, <laughs> I almost said one of my favourite South Park things, but no, we're staying focused. We're not going to talk about South Park. We talked about bushfires. That was our tangent. Yes, for the week. yes. And a um, uh, reminder to all Australians, make sure your bushfire plan is in place. Stay, uh, yeah. This is a special advisory message from the Australian government. <laughs> um, so I, I can't do this anymore. Michael offers to kill him, so he gets the gun. At this point, you're like, well, really, Michael? I mean, but I guess it makes sense. They took Walt. He wants revenge. So he gets the combination off Anna. I'm getting chills just talking and thinking about this. Uh, so he takes the gun and he walks away looks down at it, this shot of Harold Perrineau from, like, down low is just amazing. Uh, you know, the shot of him holding the gun and just looking at it? Yeah. It's so good. Like, the whole directing, the atmosphere, the music, the acting, everything about the scene is just perfect. And that shot is just so good of his face. And you're like, oh, what's happening? I'm sorry. For what? Mm. Michael shoots Lucy. <laughs> and it's just like... Holy shit. You don't have time to process it because Libby walks in to get blankets. Michael? <laughs> Shoots her twice. It's just... Oh, my God. I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's it's an amazing loss scene, but it's also kind of, in a way, groundbreaking television because you just didn't really have stuff like this in TV before. Yeah. Nowadays, if, you know, Game of Thrones, one of the lead good characters turns bad or i would argue michael doesn't necessarily turn bad he turns evil but i don't know about a bad character but nowadays it wouldn't be a, like a big thing it'd be like oh that was shocking and you'd move on nowadays it's like written into stories but at the time having a character who's been there from the pilot we've seen his backstory we've sympathized with him and we've seen his struggles and we've come to love him and then him to shoot two of our people and then in this just moment of just, I'm sorry, bang, shoots her, and we don't even have time to process, oh, my God, a lead character on this show who's not 
Ethan or Henry Gale has shot one of the good people and then only to shoot off Libby who, you know, they, they were right and is not the most sympathetic person. It's still shocking, I would argue, uh, and still sad, but then to shoot kind of this character who was so harmless, like Libby never killed two others, who was on a way to have a date with the guy who never had a date in his life and they just kissed a few weeks before and she's got these blankets and, like, Anna was intentional, but Libby was a complete accident. He did not mean to kill her at all. So when she comes in, Michael, bang, bang, and it, Harold Perrineau's acting is amazing. He, his face, mm. like, when, when he kills Libby, like, is just, this sounds dumb, but some of the best face acting I've seen. Um, uh, and then, just to wrap it up, he opens the door to let Ben out, and he shoots himself, uh, obviously, to make it seem like it. Now, I don't regret watching this live. I'm so glad I got to watch Lost Live rather than binge watching it. But I can't even imagine the week I had after this, counting down the days to the next episode. I feel so bad for anyone who does have to wait a week going forward watching this episode because just, look, I remember this moment. I don't remember, like, the week following that moment, but I imagine it was so hard for everyone leaving off. I'm trying to think of another episode besides the finale of season one where you left just gobsmacked. And you like don't even know how to process anything going forward for the next week. Like, yeah, we've had some shocking cliffhangers, but I think this tops the cake. Um, you know, I'm going on. I only have good things to say about this. It, I would be surprised if it doesn't make our top ten of all time for Lost. Uh, it's definitely going to be in the top five, most likely number one. It's iconic just for Lost, and I feel like it's not iconic for television necessarily. Like people don't note this. But it's still important for television and groundbreaking, which lost. You know, season two got a bit shaky for a bit there. But this is just a reminder of how great this show is and how groundbreaking this show really is. Um, look, I could write an essay about it, but it's just amazing. Well, it's just in terms of um, like shocking deaths as well, kind of in an episode. And it's like not necessarily that. You know, going into some shows, you know a character's going to die or something like that, and the way they do it or something like this. It's kind of... Um, I mean, look, I wasn't the fan that kind of read things. I didn't know who was leaving. I didn't know this, didn't know anything. So, I didn't know anything going into this episode. Um, and it's kind of like the only ones that I'm kind of thinking of that are shows that I know that I've watched that kind of, you know, are up there in terms of shock value, in terms of, like, holy fuck, did they just do that? Um, was on House of Cards when... <laughs> we always bring up Kevin Spacey. Um, uh, spoiler alert, when he kills Chloe... Uh, in front of the train, which was like, fuck, I just rewind that scene every single time. So, like, that just happened. Um, and then on, again, sort of spoiler here for you, because I know you're not up to the fifth season of 24, so maybe I won't tell you who the characters are, but in the opening episode of the fifth season of 24, when, like, they kill off two major characters, uh, like, in the first episode, just out of nowhere. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of just the way they sort of do this episode is just amazing. Um, and just, yeah, the end, like, for sure, this is, I mean, I, I think we're all going to guarantee this will be our number one moment for this season. Um, but, yeah, I think definitely it should make the top five. Even if we're doing a top five, I don't think we've established what we're doing. But, I mean, I think even there's an argument for the top five moments of this show, not even just top ten. Um, but, yeah, I agree, like, with the, the, uh, the face acting as well, completely agree. Um, but yeah, like it's kind of, I said, like, it's just, it's shocking enough if he kills Anna, the fact that he kills Libby as well. I don't know if she's technically not uh-huh. dead yet. Um, so yeah, it just, it's just crazy. And the fact too, that like, even when he shoots himself, that's kind of shocking enough. And the way that kind of just goes to black as soon as you hear the gunshot, 
Um, oh yes, <laughs> and it's just it's just dead silent. Like just that's one thing too. Just the way it's edited, and this is kind of where these scenes work so well because it's just it's dead silent. There's no music. It's just the sound effects and kind of just the 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 words that are spoken. Just everything. Uh, it's just it's just so shocking. You're just like, holy fuck, did that just happen? Um, so yeah, so amazing, so iconic. Um, just I mean, look, if this episode was a terrible episode, which it's not. But, I mean, this, to me, this scene is just so good on its own that this would elevate this episode purely to a buy just on this one scene alone. That's how good I think it is. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And we can talk more about it in our Season 2 episode. Um, we won't eulogise Annalise here and Libby uh, yet. Because, I mean, I guess we all probably assume they died here. But, I mean, there was still a chance that, like, Jack saves one of them or something. It, like, Libby doesn't die straight away. Anna kind of dies and i love kind of anna's where he shoots her and she kind of just looks down and like i love her like uh and then, then michael bang. um maybe we'll eulogize one of them next week and one even the week after in their funeral but. just talking about the facial acting but even just like michelle rodriguez's look on her face just her like yeah like why like just her look and like you know, yeah, just the way she kind of looks down and kind of looks up, just like, like, like what the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like, because her face is a bit goofy, but it really does portray that, like, why did that just happen? And it's so, like, it's so, just so realistic. It's not just, like, generic TV death, like, <laughs> like, you know, it legitimately is, like, holy crap, that just adds to the shocking value. And not to take away from, you know, uh, Cynthia's face as well uh, when she gets shot, but, um, yeah, just... Michelle Rodriguez in that one scene, <laughs> the scene where she doesn't talk and gets shot, uh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of Lost fans. I mean, they, they did a good job because rather than people cheering, I think people were so bewildered at this point that they weren't even like, oh, yay, and has gone because it was just so like, what is happening? Uh, so easily one of my favourite TV moments. It's just so good. I could just watch this on YouTube. I just love watching this scene. I watched it three times for this episode. I'm sure we'll talk more about it, but yeah, then suddenly people would be realizing, ah, that's why it's also called Two for the Road. Um, So, great episode title as well. Um, So, that's Two for the Road. Um, I'm just in shock just talking about it. Um, So good. I'm going to watch it when we're done with this episode. Um, So, great episode. Uh, Questions. I mean, we'll just move through this end part quickly, but questions... I've just got who was Christian visiting in Australia. Which is one that we will get answered. So, yes. Yeah. Next season, episode um, 12, I believe, or 11. Or I love how you know that off the top of your head. Uh, who was Christian? Cool. All right. Um, will, That's all I had. Will Michael get away with it? Uh, <laughs> find out next week on last. Um, yeah, that's all I had. Do we, we, we didn't have a... Where the fuck did Michael go question, did we? No. Uh, that will obviously be answered. Where to be at? <laughs> uh, so, two of the road. I'm buying this episode. I'm bidding it. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a obvious buy for both of us, really. <laughs> yeah. But I really want to point out, though, not just because of just the moment. I do think this is a fantastic episode of television. Like, the way they wrap up the character arc, the acting the tenseness throughout the whole thing also mixed with the comedy and the tragedy. Uh, I think it, I didn't, I wouldn't put it in the top 20 of lost of all time, but definitely in the top, 
you know, 40 top half for sure. Where did you put it on your list? Do you remember? Oh, God, if you could just say a few quick comments about Two for the Road, and then I can tell you. Brief welcome to the transmission break. We're going to go to an ad. And remember to look at your bushfire plan, because your house could burn down in Australia. Yeah. Do we need more time? I don't know. Noah hasn't said anything yet. He's probably looking for the list of lost. These are his episodes he has ranked. What will be number one on the list? Over to Noah. Find out now. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I've got the list open. Two for the road, number 31. Oh, look at that. You said not top 30, specifically, just outside. Um, sandwiched between... Oh, I put lockdown at 33. Maybe a bit too high for lockdown. Um, Didn't you only rent that? I bought it, but low buy. Um, <laughs> is this an in-translation thing again where you... No, no, thing no, down. we both bought it. Never mind, my bad. Um, sandwich between Because You Left, the season five premiere, and The Man from Tallahassee. How did Locke get in the wheelchair? Uh, yeah, 31 seems a bit fair. Maybe it would be even a bit higher um, going forward. What's number one? Uh, maybe I don't want to say. Okay. I'm just, I'll just tell you quickly the ones that I, the ones we have seen that are higher than Two for the Road. Um, numbers, number 24. Oh, I had the candidate, number 23, which was above that one. Orientation, number 22. All the best cowboys have daddy issues, number 21. Day Sex Machina, 18. Man of Science, Man of Faith, 17. Uh, White Rabbit, 15. Bit high for White Rabbit. Do No Harm, 14. Uh, Walkabout, 11. Exodus, 7. The Other 48 Days, 6. Wow. Pilot, Number two, um, I think I might like to do this again once we're finished. The I, I've I, got, I wouldn't have it the same. Well, I, I'm gonna do it, and I keep saying this on all of our. Like, this always comes up on Nip Tuck to watch your loss. I've like gotten my sort of list, which I'm gonna put them in all because I want to kind of do it like we did with the bomb films, where you know I rank them as we go. Because uh, you know I don't know the lost episodes enough to be able to rank them, you know, without having to rewatch them again. So I'm gonna kind of do that, and I guess when I sort of have it. Maybe I'll kind of go along and that can be sort of a new little segment-ish at the end. I mean, I don't know if you want to do it that way as well, but, um, yeah. Yeah, it would be fun to do it again because I agree with some of this, but some would be different. Like, I put the the Moth 90th. That's way too high for the Moth. <laughs> Out of how many episodes um, of Lost? Like 120? 111 because yeah. I combined the two-parters. Uh, so, 111, the other woman. <laughs> 110, fire plus water. 109, stranger in a strange land. Uh, so there you go. Peek into my bottom three episodes of Lost. Um, so many people listening to the show has always wanted to peek into your bottom. Well, uh, 108. Locke uh, is on a weed farm, so that's coming up soon. Uh, speaking of coming up soon, it's question mark. The next episode of Lost. Um, Mr. Echo. So Hello. You know... The ta- yeah, hello, I'm back. <laughs> the Taylors didn't really turn out too well, um, but uh, we- we're still getting them. So, Mr. Echo's next. Why was Mr. Echo in Australia? We'll find out. We get the return of uh, Richard Malcolm, the fake psychic. You must raise the baby. <laughs> um, we get another station, the Pearl Station. Uh, Locke's faith is tested. Uh, Libby fights for her life. Um we still don't get the Michael one that's coming up in two weeks. So he gets but, a yeah. haircut. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
there was a really rocky period in the middle for season two, but the last stretch of season two is just so good. Like like the first stretch, the last stretch is just really good um, from here onwards. So I'm excited for more Mr. Echo and question mark is a good one for Echo and Locke. And we're really going into the end game now, just four episodes left. So it's exciting. There's some great episodes of Lost coming. So Mr. Echo. I haven't watched it yet at the time of recording this in terms of, well, I mean, I've seen it before, but like, I mean, as in rewatched it yet. So, um, I don't necessarily remember it overly well because obviously I've had so many times I've gone, oh, when do we find out Echo's in Australia? When do we find this? Um, so yeah, anything with Echo and it's amazing because we, he wasn't in this episode at all, was he? I mean, we obviously had Michael and so we can't have two black guys in one episode. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, so. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Was he in this episode? No. According the production to Lost- note says Daniel Day Kim appears without speaking lines. Lostpedia, I no think it says, of- it's, when they've got little asterisks next to their name on the Lostpedia thing, it generally means they don't appear without uh, at all. Anyway, who cares? Um, writers Elizabeth, Elizabeth Sarnoff and Christopher, Christina M. Kim won a WGA award for writing an episodic drama for this episode. That's kind of cool. Uh you kind of mentioned this a bit. Oh, I don't know if you did. But following the dramatic cliffhanger of the episode, the closing title was not accompanied by the usual thud sound. So when it says lost, it's just... Um, anyway, question mark is up next. This was Two for the Road, such an iconic episode. A bit longer this time, but because it's such a great episode. Uh, let us know your opinions on the ending and on Jungle Sex. Um I'm excited to get into the next one. I, I love this show. This this has renewed my faith in Lost. Uh, you know, Fire Plus Water, uh, Maternity Leave, The Whole Truth, The Long Con, one of them. Yeah, they were okay, but this is really getting me excited about Lost again. I can't wait to get into Question Mark. Um, so bring it on. Um, my name is Noah, and I'm sorry. My name is Ben, and go on, get... Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.